Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Monday to everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Malott. My partner in crime, Ryan Lambert, right over there. What's up, Ryan? On yeah. location in Memphis. All Sunny right, Memphis. Right. Gotta love it. Uh, we appreciate everybody that is watching or will be watching here in a little bit. I know people kind of jump in late sometimes, whether you're watching uh, YouTube, Facebook, or listening to us later on iTunes or something. We appreciate everybody. Uh, and if you want to help us out, hit a little share to your local group. Uh, maybe somebody will get some entertainment or information out of this. It's going to be fun. It was a big, big weekend in kayak fishing, Ryan. we got a lot to talk about, don't we? They're probably going to get more entertainment than information out of this one, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we've got the... Uh, the young gun, Ewing Miner, uh, he's sitting in the green room ready to come on here in just a little bit, but he put on a show at Hartwell. You were there. You want to give us your take on Hartwell? You had a decent day one. Uh, man, Hartwell, I don't I don't really fish Herring Lakes often or ever. It was the first time I'd seen the place. Uh, beautiful lake, but you can almost copy and paste any area that you're in onto anywhere on the map, and it's going to look just like that. So. The backs of the creeks were flooded buckbrush and willows. You had main lake points, these big long red clay points and humps and shoals and whatnot out in the in the deeper water. I had a really good time out there. I figured out a good a good bite on day one. And uh, naturally, when you figure out a good bite, you leave it and you go looking for a bigger bite somewhere else. So I messed around with uh with day two looking for that big bite because I really wanted to try to get in the top three and I, I wasted most of the day. Went back to my A spot. Uh, I lost, I think it was six fish in the last hour. I <laughs> voted one. Uh, it's pretty, pretty classic, pretty classic Lambert tournament. I'm, I'm not, uh, not mad at it. Andy Middleton, he slid in there. Shout out to Andy. He, he cut his first BOS check out there. The Queen City boys freaking cleaned house. And if you wanna see any of these other partner clubs or whatever, that have a big event coming through, I want you to take what Queen City did this past weekend and apply that to your own area. They came out in huge numbers. They had a huge presence helping with board checks and, and you know, lining up the vehicles uh, for AJ. Uh, they did a great job and then they cashed checks. I mean, I think it was t second through seventh place yeah. uh, were all Queen City guys. So shout out to them. Good job. Hey, and shout out to the commission. We had him on uh, for the kind of the preview show, and he cashed a check too, didn't he? Vinny. He did. Good job, Vinny. Vinny yeah. Fillmore. If you don't know Adam Fillmore, he was probably one of the first band from kayak bass fishing ever, and Fillmore <laughs> cashed a check. He ended up in fourth place, so good job. Yeah, big move. Big move on day two, if I saw that right. He went from like 50th to fourth. That's why you never yeah, give he, up. He smoked him, and I talked to him today on, on my way to Memphis. He said he just went in blind completely blind on an area on two and wrecked them yeah that's awesome we got some, we got some comments flying in uh paul roberts said what am i drinking just a little uh ginger ale and western sun paul you can have a sip if you can uh, find it at your local retailer uh there you go. and dj williams is in the comments man he said he's back, man. back. He's he back, is banned baby. no more appreciate you dj <laughs> my man's been uh he's been out for a while he got the, he got the hammer from from zuckerberg uh but he's back None below I'm for glad. DJ. So, I'm yeah. glad he made it back. We missed him. Got the Allen boys in the comments. James, the Allen got a bunch boys of folks are fired up, boy. Yeah. Yeah, they're like ready. It. So I, I don't know where we're going to go first before we get Ewing on. There's a few things we have to talk about. We don't want to put him in that fire. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Keep the kids safe. Keep the kids safe. I, I guess the the uh, 
oldest story from the weekend, I say oldest, was happening towards the end of last week and went all weekend, was the other most recent national championship to be added to the list of championships that happened. Uh, that the KBPT. <laughs> I don't know where to start with that, man. I mean, the, the KBN was was a glow with uh, comments and different things. It was pretty funny, but but I don't even know where to start with that. Uh, you know, they they got kind of upset with with some of the stuff that went down on the page and some of the memes that were shared around. I'm going to show you the best meme that I saw uh, from the thing. Here, hang on a second. That's the best one. <laughs> That's the best one I saw. It was it was pretty hilarious. Uh, um, yeah, get in brutal. where you fit in, baby. Get in where you fit yeah, in. Yeah, but those guys, you know, I, I don't know where to put to lay the blame for that. Other than I know, you know, live events are different than than online's, obviously. But how much blame do you lay at the feet of the directors, who obviously are new to tournament directing as well, for putting a tournament there? I mean, that lake is trash, and everybody knows it's trash, and I don't know why. I don't know why it would be called the national championship anyways with eight dudes, but why you would put it on such a terrible fishery in the state of Tennessee, which has, you know, at least 10 to 15 good fisheries. It has two or three that are in the top in the nation. Like, why would you pick literally the worst body of water in the state of Tennessee and be like, all right, guys, I know you're used to fishing your backyard honey hole, but here's the worst ditch that I could find in the country. Go find some fish. Uh, that's yeah. awful. That's unfair to them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and then, and then the second part of that is obviously you had a lot of guys, uh, Mr. Siddiqui, who I thought was going to win it because he is obviously a seasoned live event angler and is yeah. used to adapting conditions. I thought he was going to win it, but as it turns out, the guy that won, Props to him. I think his name is John Fox, even though it's spelled different than Fox. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but he won the event. He caught two keepers in three days and won $10,000. So I don't know the math on that. So that may be the most money per fish in the history of tournament fishing. So shout out to you for doing that, sir. And what right? a great way to end. What a great way to end the, the season and the first KBBT national championship with two fish caught over the course of four days. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? The anglers, you gotta you gotta fish what's in front of you. They go into real foot and they learned that we weren't just talking smack about real foot. It's not No, that's not the real place. deal. And it's kinda it, what does suck for Siddiqui is he caught limits, I think three out of the four days, and basically burn his spot up, staying alive when nobody else was even catching any fish. Yeah. Like he could have went in there and just caught one fish a day and been done with it and then really laid the hammer down uh, you know, on the final day. But unfortunately for him, he didn't. And I talked to Siddiqui, and he had the worst final day ever. I think he said he broke uh, – it might have been his rudder, and he broke his drive, and he broke a rod, <laughs> and then ended up losing uh, a good fish at the end of the day as well. But uh, kind of the perfect storm of, of how to not win a, uh, a national championship. Yeah, and i tell you what. Uh, it's the problem I have with that format, even though that's the format they signed up for and they like. So I'm not dogging the fact that the guys wanted to fish that. If they want to fish that, that's great. That's what you wanted to fish. But it's kind of like the Major League Fishing where they zero the weights. Like if they didn't yeah. zero Siddiqui's inches from the first two days, he wins by 90 or hundreds, 100 inches. Hundreds, hundreds of inches. Yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. Nobody else caught any fish. Uh, but that's not the format. It's every day is a new day. And, you know, last day that he didn't – and that's the craziest sense. thing, but I don't ever want to see anything posted about why do the online guys not get the credit that the real, like the real, the <laughs> live event fishermen get. That's exactly why. We just watched it play out live. That's yeah. why. 
talk all this trash and you're a big stick at home in your pond because you know what happens when the conditions change. You know how your fish move. You know when they go deep. You know when they go by that tree over there. You know what's going on. On these lakes, when you go in blind, especially from across the country, you have no idea what's going on. You don't know how these fish pattern. You don't know how they move. And, and it's, you know, you're figuring out on the fly. And some people can and some people can't do it. But that's why the live event guys get the respect. That's it. Bottom line. Period. period. And let me give one little, one little token of props to our boy, Cornbread, Conrad Benetti. Uh, he talks a lot of trash, a lot of trash. So, uh, in, uh, as you would expect, KBN hell rained down upon him uh, this weekend. And he took it like a champ, hung in there, uh, takes the criticism just like he dishes out the memes and whatever, the trash talk. So, way to hang in there, Conrad. I, I, one thing I saw from him is he said, that did not humble me. I had the lake figured out. I yeah. had the winning bag on my like leave that bullshit at home. You didn't have nothing figured out. You put zero keepers in the boat. The only thing yeah. you had figured out was back west, back to Florida. So don't don't come with that. There's no, there was nothing you, figured you, out. You there. will give him credit for for consistency though. He never changes, right? Mm-mm. He doesn't. That's very true. Very. And true. shout out to Jason Yang for a meme of the year, possibly on the. Uh, the I should have that one pulled up. Uh, but I don't. Uh, yeah, Joey Randall says Conrad has a good chin. Sure enough. He does, and he just keeps coming back for more punishment. So, yeah, <laughs> sure enough. Uh, one more thing before we get Ewing on. We finally got him in the in the deal there. He's in the waiting room, waiting patiently. Perfect. Young man. I know these young fellas can't wait very patiently these days, but I think he can. Uh, is the Cats deal. I just saw that today. Clifton brought that up. I didn't know what that was about, and I did a little research, and that's wild. I messaged Clifton to make sure because I, I don't ever know fully what Clifton's talking about. Like, he'll he'll say something, and I think I know where he's going with it, and I have no idea. So, apparently, this guy's fish got DQ'd, and looking at it from the outside, it looks like there's absolutely nothing wrong with the photo. Identifier's in, board's in, board's not bent in half, like, you know, all the typical things that you look for. Um, but his fish got DQ'd, and the only thing I could find was his index finger – was like like a little bit toward the back of the and I wouldn't even say the back third of the fish but just a little bit toward the back of the fish and apparently that's what got him DQ'd is that correct Jeff? yeah I've got the rules pulled up I'm gonna pull them up for everybody to see but first there's a shocking you're gonna notice something right away on the rules the most shocking thing is beardless Guillermo as the cover photo no! of the, <laughs> of oh the my rules. goodness I mean he is right there on the cover of this i don't know if he's aware of this if he's if they've got oh, rights to that or world. what but but he's his on there space as smooth as his legs look at that. yeah look at him i didn't even recognize him at first you got it yeah uh but if you go down to the rules one of them is that they got hit the dq that clifton was talking about is you can't touch the tail and the tail starts at the tail fin in their tournament <laughs> so by the the fish has got an eight inch long tail out there yeah. in Texas. Yeah, no wonder that dude cut that one off. That's a whole lot yeah, of tail, yeah. man. Damn. So, and then and somebody else shared a picture, and this was the most bizarre rule that I saw. But the rules are the rules. You sign up, you pay your entry fee, you got to know the rules. Um, is the measuring devices. They accept hog troughs, catch carbonates, which is the new plastic catch, and catch X, but not the original catch. We got some other people DQ'd. Why would you not accept the original catch, the thickest, most rigid piece of aluminum you could find? Why is that unacceptable, cats? Somebody, somebody, if you're in the comments or whatever, somebody tell us how how the original heavy duty catch is not accepted. 
Yeah. That's crazy. You're going to accept plastic, but not, not the real, real metal. Cruz in the comments said uh, he got DQ'd for covering the butt with the pinky. So maybe that's a thing. I didn't catch that. Oh my. In the opinion. What are you trying to make sure of? They're not violated yeah. before you uh, submit them. I don't know. I don't that, that was the two big things that happened that I saw. Anything else we need to hit on before we get the champ? <laughs> I don't on? know. I think that's it. Let's get Ewing on before his internet right. cuts out. You never know. All right, man. All right. Everybody hang on a second. We'll be right back with, with Ewing Miner. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a 10 times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They are independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas. Can you all hear me? All right. Yeah, yes, sir. There he is, the champ, Ewing Miner. How you doing, buddy? Can you hear us okay? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. We're looking a little choppy. Yeah, I can. Okay, perfect. All right, all right. Can you hear all right. me already? Yes, sir. I've got, I've got one question I want to ask before Ryan asks you about the tournament. Is there anything you can reveal about staying in the same house with Lambert for a few days? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that silence as no. He's froze up. Ewing, come back, dog. Listen, Ewing, Ewing learned that it's not all hype. That the, my persona is the real deal. <laughs> it's it's a uh, pedal on the floor all the time. I think the first night we got there, I drug Ewing to a smoky pool hall as our designated driver. That was oh my. That was step number one. My man is struggling with his connection. Is it where is he from? Is he from Indiana too? No, dog. He's actually in Tennessee. Um, we did a paddle and fin podcast after the Watts Bar tournament, and he had fairly sketchy internet there. Um, but he, I think he actually had to sneak over to Lee Rose Cozes and steal her internet. But she's home for the summer, so I don't know whose internet Ewing is trying to siphon off of tonight. Apparently he's not on the 5G. We just lost him. But we'll, we'll continue talking while we wait for the young fella to come back in. Good shit. Good shit, Ewing. Yeah. Uh, DJ Williams. We'll throw some comments in. Yeah, fill let's the, do it. Fill the void. He said he's still not over cats not taking the original catch board. I don't get that. I don't know anyone that runs the series down there, so I don't know the reasoning behind that. It makes no logical sense, especially to still accept the hog drive. I don't know. I will say that a lot of people, just to get back on, on topic, talking about the, the Hartwell tournament, a lot of people were on, you know, they were on good largemouth. Like, there's no question about it. People are on a really good, like, flipping bite in the brush and stuff. And we had a – it got kind of cold on Friday night, and a lot of people's bites just fell off. I mean, some of the guys – I know, I think Russ, Jody, Josh Stewart, Adam Reiser, Josh Sharp, uh, Christine, like – they were all just hammering down on largemouth, putting up 100-inch bags pre-fishing, which that scares me anyway, just <laughs> catching a 100-inch bag pre-fishing. But then all those fish were just poof, you know, gone on, on day one. And I think that really made, made people reach in the bag and, and make some big-time adjustments. I'm honestly glad that I didn't try to fish for largemouth on day one because it may have been way worse than what it actually was. Uh, Andy, congrats, Andy. He's in the comments. Said he didn't catch a single largemouth in the tournament, so he just focused on those spots. 
Yeah, Andy, I think it was pre-fishing. He sent me a picture early one morning of a pretty big bass and then a big freaking striper. And he said he caught the bass on a topwater or something. And then striper came up and ate a Demiki rig hanging over the side of his boat while he was unhooking, uh, unhooking the bass. So that's a pretty good experience. Uh, Josh Evans and I, we fished together on day one. I hate fishing around anybody ever. I hate fishing with people. But I had Josh Evans, Jim Moore, and Jack Stenor, uh there. And, and Josh is one of my travel partners from the original ship house. And then obviously Jim and Jackson are, you know, two, two great, great guys that I travel with. Uh, so I wasn't upset about that, but Josh caught a 22 pound striper on topwater on wow. day one. Watching him fight that thing was hilarious for sure. I guarantee you. Uh, look here, we, we got Ewing. I gotta, I see his his face there. Let's see what we got. There he is. Is it working any better now? Yes. Yes, yes. sir. I went the back. Ginger to lives. My, I went back to my computer. My phone started overheating. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know hey, what was up earlier. We had some. Five hundred bucks and buy your phone, son. Come on. I might. I might have to. I think that was a tr strategic way not to answer my questions. What I think. Uh, you can ask the question now. Oh, okay. So, what? Anything you can reveal about staying with uh, Mr. Lambert and the fellas at at the uh, the house over the weekend? I mean, you know, they like to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Did you enjoy it, Ewing? Did you yeah, enjoy it? I did. I did. did anything bad did you, happen to you? Nothing bad happened to me, but I did occasionally have to sneak off to bed because they'd make fun of me for going to bed before 10. Okay. <laughs> that's that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Did we try to give you good advice and help you with your mental state winning the tournament? Yes. Okay. There. Our job is done, folks. We're, yeah. we're out. These these fellas have a reputation for that. Ryan did the same thing with young Jackson in the past when he was in yeah. contention. Tried to coach Man, him up. I, no, I love I love when these young guys come in and clean house. Like it's that's you want to know what's next. That's what's next. Like you know, I think it it pushes all of us to get better because I don't want to get my ass kicked by a nineteen year old kid every day. So I want to fish better. So thank you, Ewing, for that motivation. I don't ever want to <laughs> hear you talk that much trash in first place ever again. Oh, was he giving it to you? Dude, this kid, <laughs> he talked more shit to Conrad Benetti on Saturday night. He was running <laughs> his mouth to everybody. He was calling people from the other side of the country talking trash. He's about to win it. I, I and he did. That. And he did. He, <laughs> he sure did. There, there are, I have never in my life been on something that, like, go after the second day of practice at that point, like, I was – almost positive that I was going to win the tournament because I had heard about how Hartwell fished and it's what I was seeing was unbelievable. And it was your first time there. Is that correct? First time there. So we got to talk about it. What did you do different? It sounds like a lot of people were targeting spots and doing some offshore stuff. What did I you mean, find? Did, uh, just an area with a lot of fish in it. A lot <laughs> so of fish. usually... It's kind of like basketball. Score more points than the other team, you always win, right? Yeah. It's a good strategy. Uh, well, during practice, um, my, my buddy that won the the college series, the Bassmaster College Series event back in earlier in the spring, you know, we had talked about – we always talk about where we do good in tournaments. And he said, yeah, I did good here. If you're going to go fish that kayak tournament, maybe you should go check there. 
And I didn't catch many in the creek that he caught them in, but the creek next to it. I He said that they struggled in that creek. But first day of practice, you know, I started up the river, caught some. That it was, I guess it was a spot, but it looked just like a shoal bass. It did look like a shoal bass. And um, no, I went back in there and I flipped in a bush, lost like a six pounder, about 15 yards down the bank. I caught a five pounder on a swim jig and then I left. And on just Thursday, I just went, after I caught one or two, I stopped even fishing for bass. I started bluegill fishing. I was sending Ryan pictures of bluegills. That's a fact. Um, well, the, I caught a few fish around bluegill beds, and when you catch bluegill off of a bluegill bed, any bass around it will follow it in. So I could tell which bluegill beds had more bass around it. So that was good. But I really just pedaled around, and since the water's so clear, I could just look. Most of the fish were in less than four or five feet of water. Even if they were out deep, they'd be suspended directly under the docks, and you could just pedal around and look. And I just covered as much water as I thought that I could fish. And during the tournament, I just hit those key areas that had more fish in them. Did you uh, have any pressure on you, like other kayak anglers around you? Was it, did you have it to yourself on, pretty much? On day one, I saw one guy at one point. Never – I mean, we – I was fishing down the bank, coming around a point, and he was coming around the other end. And then as soon as we were about to meet up, I shot across the lake, and he shot across the lake, and we went in different directions and never saw each other again. But day two, I think four or five other kayakers put in there. Just people didn't like how day one went, decided to go somewhere else. Tennessee. I thought about doing that myself. I was just going to follow him from the driveway. So there's a tendency of that happening sometimes. Time. I don't know. Yeah, I know the real yeah. struggle. Yeah. You know, you, you're a wire to wire winner. That doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah. So after leading on day one, did you feel any added pressure or were you just on cruise control and think you had it under control for day two? I mean, I figured I'd be able to catch them again, at least 80 inches, which I thought 80 inches would, you know, people would have to really catch them for me to have 80 inches and, they passed me, but I still wanted more than that, which I got a little bit more than 80 inches. But I was kind of nervous how you always would be when you're leading a big tournament like that. Just worried, will my fish leave? Will they change like everyone talks about after they have a great day one? But when I showed up, I think at 6.08, I caught a – it was either 6.08 or 6.09 with first cast at 6. I caught a 18-and-a-quarter-inch long fish, which was the longest, the biggest one for the day. I was like, somehow I had the GoPro that Hobie gave to me in a in time-lapse mode at that point. So No, you I, didn't. At, at the, at the, in the very beginning of the morning when it was – I didn't get the first two catches on GoPro because it was in time-lapse mode. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just told me they said turn it on and click the top button and i did oh, that boy and it, the red light started flashing it wasn't light enough to see that it was in time lapse mode it was still pitch black but oh, i screamed man. at the camera saying that's how you started off and, <laughs> oh man they missed yeah it all, people huh? people probably nearby houses woke up i was at that point i had a feeling it was gonna 
I also bent my reel handle because anyone that fished part wolf or largemouth, they know there's some kind of floating, I don't know what to call it. It's almost like cotton. It gets stuck on your line to the point that you can't reel because it'll clog up your guides. And I had a some really bad issues with that on day one. I lost probably five or six keepers within the first 30 minutes of fishing just from where I'd hook them and couldn't even reel. So I told everyone at the house, I said, well, I'm putting on braid with the swim jig and big guides to hopefully not get stopped up. And I'm, if it gets stopped up, I'm reeling until something gives. Well, my reel handle gave, but <laughs> we the found the part back. that gave. <laughs> yes. What was uh, it like somebody... having the camera boat on you? Steve, Steve Field made the comment about the the only pressure you felt on day two was uh, having the camera boat on. It was a good time. We talked and just had a good time. You know, they stayed a good distance away to where they were. I didn't feel like they were spooking any fish. And it didn't take probably like half an hour after they showed up. I caught the fifth fish and I had like a 11 or 12 inch lead at that point. And I was searching for a big one, but I was also at the same time felt like I had a pretty good chance at winning it at that point when I had 83 inches or something. And what so, I can't remember what the hour was. It was later in the day, but you said you were like, if this guy catches an 18 and a half, he could pass. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were on the phone. I was like, dude, just catch another freaking fish. Like, what? <laughs> who cares? I mean, yeah, if somebody catches a 29 inch fish, they go past you, but <laughs> you keep on catching them. You, you got it one. You're in the right yeah. spot for sure. Well, I just, after I caught my first five, I was catching. 14-incher, 15-incher, 13-incher, a lot of fish that, you know, quite a few people that only had three or four fish, but had there were several people catching really good quality, but not a lot of numbers. They they probably would have loved to have those fish, but I was sitting there every time I'd set the hook, flipping those bushes, I'd, oh, this one's going to be big. No, they were never big. Uh, you got it done, man. You got it done. I, I need to know for, from Steve Fields, you had that GoPro running um, on Edwin's boat. I need to buy the footage. But did you say it was hours three and four? Can I buy that one-hour segment uh, of Edwin's GoPro, please? Whatever lady you have editing that, I apologize to her in advance. <laughs> hey, the best part is Jackson, Jackson said he did the same exact thing. <laughs> I thought you young guys were like the experts with technology and stuff. What's up with that? No, man. They just, they're all out full frontal in front of the GoPros. They don't care. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was, well, here's what happened to me. I had the camera boat on me for probably two hours or so. And the whole time, like as soon as they showed up, like I was, I was sitting there thinking as soon as I get past these docks, I'm going to pee. <laughs> and then they showed up. And I'm just fishing and fishing this whole time. I had to pee really bad. As soon as they leave, I just start peeing. And I was like, I, after I finished, oh, the GoPro's still there. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yes. That, that happens, you know? That happens. Yeah. Oh, I heard I'm glad you survived. About you at, at Seminole. Dude, well, so they put the GoPro on my boat on day one at Seminole. 
And I get up there and I had some pretty good action, but with a lot of terrible language when I got the fish in the boat. And I, I didn't know if the GoPro was on or not. The red light was on, but it wasn't flashing like it was recorded. I took it back to Steve and I was like, listen, you've got about 30 minutes of usable video and zero seconds of usable audio because well, I caught a couple of good ones. I lost a big one. I just, uh, I get, I get really, uh, passionate, I guess when I'm fishing. So, um, fair warning, if you're ever in that position with Hobie and you have the camera on, try to be cognizant of, of what all you might be doing and saying in front of that camera and probably be good advice for me. Of either, uh, Going to the bathroom or what you say? Either one. <laughs> yeah, right? both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Keep your pants on if you can. Yeah, I hope Jim Clark never gets the camera on his boat because there's oh some things, there's some things that happen be, in that drive hole. That'll be disgusting. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. Uh, did you see Clifton Allen's advice for him, Ryan? Yeah, which is odd because we just talked about how yeah. non-humble he was through the whole <laughs> through the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's got that one. Trash. He had champ written on his chest Saturday night, just running around the house flexing on people. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard not to when everyone's talking about how they were going to catch him, and then you know, Dylan, he he. R.I.P. Saying he had it won in practice. Oh, you could. Dylan. I'm serious. And and hearing the two talk, and I told Ewing this. I said, I don't think Dylan has enough fish. If, when he described the area he was fishing, I was like, there's not two yeah. days of fish in a spot like that. There's not. I mean, that's just, that's not how, unfortunately, that's not how predatory fish work. 40 of them don't pile in two patches of bushes. Like they're, <laughs> they're spread out, you know, swimming around and whatnot. So I was like, ah, so he probably doesn't have it. And I told him at, when I was doing the board check, I told Kenny, I was like, that, skinny redheaded kid over there that's the one you need to watch and i guess they thought i was just something <laughs> and then he went out huh. there and cracked them <laughs> oh, I, wish, I wish there was a camera on my boat on day one that was that was an incredible day i do the too. uh steve fields who was on the media boat you know obviously he said uh spot on casting helps that means he must have been watching you cast was that a key to what you were doing? Did you have to be super accurate, or were you just fan casting back in there? I mean, I I did anything you can do on Hartwell as far as largemouth fishing goes. Shallow water, I did it. Skipping docks, you know, fishing flats, fishing bushes, shad spawn, herring spawn, all of it. It's <laughs> I just I fished a little bit of everything kind of what you if gotta you, do in a kayak if you had one bait that you could attribute your win to what was it sponsor, there is opportunity sponsor, sponsorship opportunity right here if you had there's, one bait there's not one bait like got caught no sponsors for you no sponsors for me <laughs> I, I can tell you this much I, I caught how we were talking about red label after after uh Watts bar that 20 and three quarter on day one had me wrapped up in a bush and it was, I couldn't quite see it, but I could feel it shaking around down there. And I was like, well, this could be a really big one. And I, it took me like 30 seconds to a minute to get it out. I pull it out of the bush and the line's not even frayed. Just, just so perfect. when you when you call uh, we were on the phone 
and you said, oh, crap, there's a nine pounder right here under this dock. Tell us tell us that story. Oh, that's that one is not as fortunate. So I'm just I'm pedaling along, skipping some docks and I look under a walkway. At first, I think it's a carp because there are a lot of carp under the, the walkways. And I, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the tail and the shape of its head. Oh, that's a bass. I thought it was like nine pounds or something. I throw my swim jig past it, nothing. And since it was under the walkway, there's the cables that are in the way. And I skipped under the cable with my wacky rig so that I wouldn't have to worry about bringing it over a cable. Well, as soon as it... It eats it as soon as it hits the water, and the fish runs directly at me and jumps over the cable and breaks me off instantly. It was probably about seven pounds. So this happens. He's like, oh, my God, I got to go. There's a nine-pounder under this dock. Hangs the phone up immediately. So I'm sitting there, like, sweating myself. Like, is he about to catch this freaking nine-pounder? He calls back, like, three and a half minutes later, and he's like, all right, it wasn't a nine-pounder. It was a seven. And I was like, dang. He's like – Jumped over a dock cable and broke y'all. Oh, Meanwhile, no. I'm out there catching like 14 inch spots. Like, <laughs> this is awesome, man. Yeah. Ooh. I like the kid swagger. Uh, we've got a request from the crowd, uh, Edwin. I'm sorry. You okay. and- <laughs> Edwin. That's Edwin. Yeah. You and I don't know why I put that on there. He's fake. Yeah. Uh, John <laughs> Allen wants to confirm your haircut. Can you take that hat off? That's up to you. You know, oh. don't, feel, don't feel pressure. Not. I've been out fishing all day. I, I can't be taking off my hat. Okay. He's got a horseshoe. He's got the horseshoe cut. It's all long yeah. and flipped out on the side. Yeah, all that's all exactly right. what it is. Ryan caught me. The flow. Like no, I'm, I'm probably going to get a haircut here this week. It's, it's getting a little too long. Uh-oh. I've got a few Bob, more questions I want to get back yeah, to. Yeah, Bob is concerned. What Do you have your own kayak now? I do. Oh, yes. I do have my own kayak. I bought it a week ago today. From bought it. He said he, he said he bought it on Monday and paid for it on Sunday. He ain't, <laughs> he ain't worried about that. You know, Jamie was actually so confident that I was going to win. He just gave me the kayak and told me to pay him when I get the check from that tournament. Really? What? No. Is that a true story? Come on. <laughs> Stick no. with it. Not at all. Stick with it, Ewing. You got to grow no. this legend. We gotta you had to get him kind of blood before he could get out of there. Mm-hmm. He, he had my, my card numbers and everything written down, ready to charge me even more. I got it. It worked uh, out, though, man. It worked out. It worked out. That's for sure. So what's your college career like? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no. There was a question from way back. I don't want to forget it. This guy asked uh, Rich Fishing if you were fishing north, northern, central, or southern section of the lake, if you can reveal I, that. I think it was central. You don't even know where you're fishing, just catching them. Yeah. Central-ish. All right, there you go. We're, we're not allowed to discuss where he was fishing. Yeah. <laughs> it's top secret. He was on Hartwell. Yes, I was on Hartwell. Was in, on a creek. Hartwell. in a creek. In a creek. In a creek on Hartwell. Yes. Nine pounders under docks. Yep, true. Can confirm. Facts. All right. Facts. So what's your college career like? You're actually on a college fishing team. Are you any good at that, or is it pretty much just kayaks? Um... I, I was good for a little while, but as soon as I started fishing kayak tournaments, it's almost like I forgot how to catch fish out of a bass boat. I feel really? it. I feel it. I feel that every day, to be honest with you. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, seriously, did it really affect your fishing in the bass boat? 
probably not. It's just no. Dumb whenever no for some reason Hobie just decides to schedule events to where they they somehow in some way line up with my style of fishing. So, and it's partially I'm picking and choosing which ones I'd like to fish. He's looking at the college schedule, and he's like, shit, we were here two weeks ago. I think I'm going to go and clean house yeah. on that one. We got this, baby. Yeah. Now, Tell people how you got, got into it. I got two years of college eligibility left, Ewing. I'm oh. about to get back in the game, son. You can go join these boys, Ryan. You can hey, go join these out. boys. Watch out. Lee, yeah, Rose, I, I, Lee Rose hit me up, and she was like, will you, will you coach – our Carson Newman kayak fishing team. You and should. I said, I'm not necessarily the person that I think you should bring in to influence a bunch of young college minds. I'm sure Ewing's mind feels great now, but I don't think that I'm necessarily the influence that you want want to have you, around all the time. Are you allowed on college campuses, Ryan? Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not it's not the college campuses I'm there from. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask about Ewing's uh, beginnings in kayak fishing because if I understand the story right, you were fishing out of a borrowed kayak when you almost ran Lambert down at uh, uh, Watts Bar, no, right? Lambert ran him down. Ewing uh, yeah. breaks yeah. off us all day long. Yeah, so how did, how did that work? I was worried that that was going to happen at Harville, too. I tried so hard, dude. I tried so hard. Well, I, I just had PTSD from that moment. Uh. Yeah, that, that's was the that only your first... reason that I tried to shift gears. Instead of going with that sure bet, I was like, man, if I could beat this kid on day two, <laughs> I'd own him for the rest of his life. But alas, right. I fell on my face trying. But that was it. Was that your first go round with kayak fishing? Was borrowing a boat and going to that tournament, or had you been in some before? I've I started a lot of my bass fishing out of a kayak. Okay. I had a ten foot sit in. And I fished out of that for, I don't know how many years. I got it in elementary school. Okay. And I'd go out with with my brothers and my dad. And sometimes it was my grandfather. Sometimes it was my mom. Just whoever would take us fishing, we'd go out and usually catch whatever we could catch. And then it shifted into bass fishing is – uh, eighth grade year, eighth grade or maybe freshman year of high school was when I really shifted to bass fishing. But then this past spring, I bought a 11 foot sit on top uh, paddle fishing kayak. And I thought that I was living the dream. I was like, oh, this is so much better. I finally got a, a good kayak of my own. And then a lot has changed this year as far as <laughs> that uh, event on Seminole. I was hanging out with the fishing team here at a house on campus, and Lee asked me if I wanted to go to Seminole to fish a kayak tournament that I could use a Hobie. I was like, oh, sweet. I'll, I'll do it. And I didn't have any money. Texted <laughs> my family. They, they loaned me money to uh, – pay for entry fee and I guess we went down there and I was originally going to use a Outback but then we show up and Jamie says oh you can use my kayak it's got panoptics it's got a 12 inch Garmin so, oh yeah I'll use that one and you know I got I think if I'm right I got 12th place there 
cashed a decent little check, enough to pay for entry to Watts Bar, which I used the same exact kayak, and that was I got second there because Ryan had to, <laughs> had to crush all my dreams right at the end. Hey, you got him back this weekend, buddy. I did. He didn't want he didn't want you to have too much too soon. That's all. Exactly. I tried to make you work for it. I had to work my way into it. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so now how was it different? So you cash your first two checks with live scope. You don't have live scope on this one, right? You're just yeah. using eyeball scope. Did my, your fish yeah. finder play a factor at all? At all? Do, on you my fish finder? Yeah. Like just the one I had this week. Yeah, correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I used here's it the, for, here's the point I'm trying to prove. Was this crit mission critical in you winning this tournament? Um, or could it, you have done it with just your eyeballs? I probably could have done it with just my eyeballs, but just having contour lines and oh, water, yeah, yeah. that was that was about all that I used it for. I didn't – I never graphed or – that's usually – other than panoptics, I use it for depth, map, and water temp. I don't usually even look at the graph. Sweet. I like it. Good like stuff. It. And you, I think you're seeing that on the pro level too, Ryan. I mean, it's – Right, you know, that was the thing right at first, and then it's leveled out to where guys aren't relying well, I, on. That. I think you were seeing some guys that were targeting pre spawn fish kind of offshore, and they were really utilizing the live scope to bust them with jerk baits and stuff like that you know, before they pushed up onto the docks and whatnot. And, and I'm sure as the summer progresses and you have a lot more offshore fish and suspended fish, you're probably going to see it come back into play. But usually, you know, spawn, post-spawn, the fish are still relatively shallow, fry garden and whatnot. So I don't think it's that big of a deal then. But, I mean, Ewing, you utilized it in the grass on Seminole, correct? You were fishing, mm -hmm. you were fishing the grass on Chaz's fish, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <laughs> he, had, he had that one point. I didn't actually catch any off of it, but... Chaz gave you a bump spot, but you found fish in the grass utilizing the yes. live scope. Tell, tell people how you use the live scope because you haven't been on KBN yet. So tell them a little bit about that Seminole tournament too. So there at Seminole, I would just go around on the map, look, find something. Once I found the depth, I can't remember. I think it was somewhere between 11 and 15 feet where the grass edge would – there would be a hard grass edge. And if I could find that grass edge on a point, I would then look at look at it with the live scope and throw a jerk bait over the edge. And as soon as it would come over that edge, if there was a school of fish there, you'd see them all come out of the grass. And if not, if I didn't see them come out, I'd just keep moving and go to the next point. And Clutch. it just since I didn't practice in that area at all, I, it really helped me just just stay efficient and not spend time on water that's not going to be productive actually at seminole i never fished any water that i practiced on perfect during the tournament how did uh, you have that that uh, those electronics dialed in do you have that on your bass boat already so you're used to it or what no that was my first uh i've used panoptics with a friend but that's on his boat but yeah you weren't a that, or anything it's pretty easy to use you point it towards your bait and 
if you don't see your bait, you do fine adjustments till you see your bait. <laughs> it's just there's dots on the screen and you watch them. It's really okay. getting set getting it set up is the biggest issue that people have with pan optics and Jamie already had it dialed. It was for anyone that knows anything about pan optics, I was looking at a jerk bait at you know seventy to ninety feet, which is most you can see it fifty to sixty is about as far as you can see a bait. That was it was really clear, so that helped too. Yeah, that's cool. So what's Any your more, next uh, what's your next kayak tournament? I've got another question, Jeff. What's your yeah, next I was kayak just, tournament? <laughs> I was just digging, digging for more questions from the from the uh, crowd. What is it? Champlain that I think I'm going to now. Apparently that's what you text me and ask about. I don't know. Are you going there now? I've been told that I need to go there. <laughs> oh shit! Y'all got a kayak? Y'all got a college tournament there the week before? No, we don't. Oh, all right. Yeah, I will. Right, I, right, right. I'm gonna have to talk to Jamie and get some panoptics on the kayak before that one. <laughs> Is that your, that's where you're gonna spend that 7,500 bucks on panoptics? Yeah, probably. And you won. You won some money out of the Queen City deal too. You you double yep. dipped. What'd you take home out of that one? I think it was nine hundred and ten, which uh, since Dylan paid my entry, the entry's going back out of it and the Dylan is idle sponsor of Ewing Minor now. Yes, he uh, is. He tried to give him he tried to give him the name uh, Big Stick uh, Ewing Major. Uh, I'm sorry, but I can't let you take the big stick name away from Brian Howe. So my apologies, Ewing, nothing against you, but Brian House converting over to, to BDH though. We're just going with the initials. He he should. I know the less uh I guess less sensitive version. I saw Brian cash a check in uh in a bass boat tournament. He's like he's not he's not limited. Maybe Ewing he could give you some pointers on how to cash checks in bass boat tournaments. What uh tell us about your brother. So you got a big brother and apparently he yeah. uh he's pretty good at catching fish, they say. Yeah, he's he had a had a little bit more issues with the second place deal. That's kind of a minor thing for us. He's all through college. I don't know how many times he finished second. He actually the college bracket that if you win it, uh, you get sent to the Bassmaster Classic and you get a full year of fishing the opens completely paid for. You get a wrapped boat and truck to use for that year. And I think it was with like 30 minutes left to go, he was in the lead. He All morning they had like a midday break, and he had one fish. The guy already had, other guy already had a limit. And he pulled up on a point with a football jig and passed this guy. And he, in the last 30 minutes, the guy made a call and, passed him up, kind of like how Ryan did to me. Just same situation, a little higher stakes. Though. Yeah, yeah. But he's actually his last regular season college bass event, he won on Lake Cumberland in the fall. So, Well, I mean finally, this when I say Ewing. I hope I can do the exact same thing to you on your follow. I hope you leave the first two days and then in the last five minutes, I hope I snatch your hopes and dreams away. 
That's, that's my what, goal for this season. Regardless of if you win TFC, what other tournaments are you fishing? Uh, I'm going to fish Sam Raider, which you're more than welcome to ride with me to if you want to. I'm going to fish the Susky, potentially, uh, potentially lacrosse. Those so, are my, those what? Are my, lacrosse? Uh, oh, and Pickwick. If you want to come out of Pickwick, I would love for you to see the Tennessee River through my eyes again. I'd just follow you around and catch all your fish. Come on, right. man. Let's go. If we went to Pickwick, I'd I'd probably just go sit on the one of the bigger community holes all day long. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Just got to pedal your legs off before everyone else gets there. We can, we can do that. I got legs. That's about all I, that's about all I brought with me. Let me but ask you this, Ewing. You, you're, you, uh, you, go ahead, buddy. I was going to say, I was going to ask you about your brother. If he's seen you catch, catch these uh, big checks in the little plastic boats, is he thinking about sliding on, sliding on down to one? Um, he's fishing the opens and he fished his first open while we were oh, okay. practicing at Hartwell. And it was on the James River. It was his first open, and he cashed a check in it. So, so he's doing all right then. He did. Yeah, he's, he's doing good. all right. He's good. I like it. Yeah. He, he can actually catch him out of the bass boat. Me, ah. all my finishes this season have been anywhere from, you know, 100 to, I think, 26 is my best finish in a bass boat this year in college tournaments. I've had a few better ones. Got some good comments coming in. Bob, yeah, throwing a little uh, candy out there for you, Ryan. Said there's bars um, in every corner in the cross, Ryan. I'm not going to any of them without my designated driver. There you go. You can walk everywhere in the cross. <laughs> I'll buy him all the waters he can drink. Keep the kid hydrated. Water and wings. Water and wings. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Now, are you coming to Susky? Yes. All right. We're doing it. For sure. That one's not too far from me. Tusky house is going down. We'll have a good time. I guess you, I mean you're just obligated to chase the angler of the year now, right? You and yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess I am. I mean you're right I don't, there. I'm not, it'll be interesting to see where I'm sitting after that one. You better so be sitting see. a lot higher because I'll go ahead and tell you who was it last year. I think it was Drew Gregory and was it Russ that both had two wins and like a top three going into TOC. I mean there's like that's and I. I hate people that make excuses for anything, but that's why I do dumb stuff to try to like, for instance, Sunday, it doesn't give me any, any kudos with Hobie to get a 13th place. Like that's not benefiting the angler of the year race at all. So if it's not in a top three situation, it's not really doing a whole lot of good as far as what your points are doing at the end of the year. The TOC counts double, so you do have to show out in the Tournament of Champions yeah. for sure. But if you put yourself in a position to where you're already, you know, in, in good shape going into it, then it takes a lot of pressure off on that TOC finish. You can shoot for maybe a top five or six instead of first place. I tell you what, man, what's crazy about the championship, the TOC championship, is watching the weigh-in last year, I thought AJ done messed up when they started announcing the top three in the angle of the year because I thought it was a done deal. It was going to be Russ or Jody. They were so far up in the regular season race, and then they had the TOC awards, and with the double points, Drew jumped them all, and Jordan, and who else was up there? There's Ron. There were three people that jumped into mm -hmm. the top three that I didn't yep. even think had a chance to win it because I didn't have that all calculated in my head right. But now I'm you know aware of that, so it'll be yep. interested to see how it shakes out at the finale. 
you definitely have to put it in in the regular season to put yourself in position. But, you know, Drew did well enough that his, his TOC finish kind of locked it up for him handily, uh, you know, with, with other guys kind of struggling in the field. Yeah. Uh, we got a question about the mirrors in your room, Ryan. You see that? I didn't see that. Yeah. Where, where? Here, I'll who, throw it on the screen. That's what the 70s style. Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm staying at a place called the Moxie in Memphis tonight. And uh, this is kind of the um, eclectic style of the hotel. The elevators are actually lined with, like, turf. Like, it looks like there's grass on the walls of the elevator. Uh, wouldn't be my first choice, but I've got uh, a coworker in town. This is where he wanted to stay. So uh, we both booked the Moxie separately. And I'm uh, <laughs> right down the street from the Bass Pro. So I'll probably wander over to the pyramid tomorrow and roam around for a little bit. There you go. Go uh, look at the empty peg hooks. The one here has nothing in stock, I swear. It's insane. I'll check the pyramid. It's probably loaded up, man. They keep it pretty stocked. It's got a Ducks Unlimited museum, a bowling alley, a restaurant. I think they even have hotel rooms in there. They do. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice one. Good stuff. Man, we had a big, cool. uh, big crowd tonight watching the show. It's been a fun time. A lot of people impressed with young uh, Ewing. Ewing is a lot cooler than I thought he was going to be. When I first met the, <laughs> the skinny, nerdy kid at Seminole, I was like, get this clown out of here. But turns out, number one, he can fish. Number two, he's a blast to be around. Uh, he said some of the funniest one-liners that I can't repeat on air that I've ever heard. Um, I mean, and thoroughly impressed with with his his fishing, man. Uh, he, he went out and handled it like a champ. I mean, from start to finish, uh, I had no doubt in my mind he was going to win it. Like that, and that's saying a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of people, including myself, fall flat on their face. But I, when I woke up Sunday, I was like, "Dang, this kid just—he just won this tournament." Ewing, and I'll tell you this: I, I talked to Ryan on like Wednesday or Thursday, and he told me, "Yeah, I think uh, Ewing's got him dialed. He's going to win it." Yeah, yeah. So he had faith in you. Yeah, yeah someone. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember who it was, but someone that I used to fish kayak tournaments. I fished a one kayak tournament against, um, and he sent me a message on Instagram with the the link to the, the podcast and said, "Yeah, they they mentioned you in this, and for some reason they were calling you Edwin." <laughs> yes, tell them change your name. Just do it. All the legends have nicknames, Ewing. So be proud if you have that badge already. Change my government name to Edwin. I'm going to yeah. get you a dugout jersey that says Edwin on it. Just, just for I'd be, I would be perfectly okay with that. Perfect. Let's go. I'll, I'll text Jamie and tell him to change the name on my jersey to, to Edwin. There you go. No last name, just Edwin. <laughs> just Edwin. Cliff, like, Cliff Allen wants to know who's the the best. He meant best up and coming. Yeah, best. Yeah. Best. Uh, best up and coming angler in high in the in the college in the college deal. Who do you think is like the next real hammer that you see? And I think I already know the answer because he lives close to me. But you go ahead and say it. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know. There's so much competition in the in the college field that there's tons of people that could be the next up and coming. There's. I don't know. There's probably at least 20 or 30 people in the college series right now that will end up making it to, or even more that'll end up making it to a pro circuit just because that's the way to get to it. 
There's the answer. So you didn't you didn't give him the answer he wanted. He wanted to hear oh. that you are. I can't be saying that I am because then then I jinx myself and I wouldn't. Okay. Is Edwin the next Russ Snyder's? That's the question. Hey, he I, is, that's right. You got the haircut. You got the you haircut. Need to I just need to get a Cadillac. You need to combine all the all the greats and get like reading glasses like Jody. You got the, the get a van like Cody and get the rust flow going. You'll be good to go. If you get a van, get a four wheel driving with some tires. I've seen that dude's van stuck in every place he's ever. He could fish in the desert and he'll bury it in the mud hole somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how he finds it. He's got one of them those fork water sticks out there just trying to find the muddiest shit that he can. Yeah, Clifton's trying to get you to to release the beast. He, he, he was cocky enough this weekend, man. To answer Clifton's question, I'm I'm pretty impressed with uh, young Cole Sands, who also has a long flowing haircut. That dude is he's a stick, man. He really is a freaking stick. Good kid too, but he can freaking catch him. Uh, that's a name you might want to write down somewhere. Where's he fish? Is he on the college team already? Or no? He's from Chick. Yeah, is it Brian? Is that who? He yeah, he's. Fit, I think he's graduated at this point. I'm not quite sure. He was fishing some of the Oakland. Didn't he win the national championship last year or something? Yeah, him and Connor did. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, because Connor in that tournament, I think it's Connor's from right down the road from uh, the Harris chain. So they had, they're both great fishermen, and then they had a little bit of prior knowledge, which always helps. Brings me to another question Where would you like to see? that first tournament of the year that Hobie has, that Jan- late January, early February tournament, if you could pick anywhere, where would you go? That's – honestly, I know they probably aren't going to go back to Seminole from what I've heard through the grapevine, but I'd like to go to Seminole again. Of that course be, you would. <laughs> that was pretty fun. I think I could – from what if I take what I learn, I think I could do pretty good now. If but they don't go to Seminole, where would you go? I, real, real I haven't foot? fished a lot of real, real foot. I haven't foot. A, lot of, a lot of lakes Justin down Rump's there. Um, you know, it honestly could be fun in that, that time of year to actually go somewhere like a true highland smallmouth lake. Wow. Something like Cherokee or – not necessarily Cherokee, because Cherokee can – it's very hit or miss, and that would be a bad – not necessarily bad. It could be really good. It could be not so good by the way it fishes. I mean, today it fished great. We caught tons of big fish, but tomorrow it could be extremely tough. So, And I'm not quite sure how it would work as far as the lack of ramps are on that lake, scattering people out, but – Something along those lines, maybe. I guess Dale Hollow could be could be a good one. Not even necessarily go south, but go to somewhere where you can easily catch fish out deep in that cold water. We've we never gone all uh, the way into Florida either. We fished a January tournament on Dale Hollow, and for everybody but like five people, it was pretty trash. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I would sign off on that one. I I've never gone south. And I understand yeah. the logic of it. Uh, it seems to be kind of hit or miss on the weather that comes through. It's, I mean, that's tournament fishing in general, but 
seems like we catch a big cold front, you know, every single year coming through there. I mean, if AJ wants to schedule one in December on Cherokee, I would love that. In December? Start the tournament in in December, or would you like to have the Tournament of Champions in December? Oh, Tournament of Champions in December on Cherokee would be (laughs) – well, let's just go ahead and, and hand it to Edwin. I think Jordan Mar- Jordan Marshall catches them pretty good up on Cherokee. He'd probably be cool with that too. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you do it. I, I think the Texas boys do their Lone Star Championship, where the winning team gets to pick the next year's lake. So maybe uh, the TOC champ gets to pick the following year's lake going forward. How Can we that? do that right now? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Steve, is it too late? All right. Yeah. I just wonder if, if they'll ever go down into yeah. into Florida. Do you ever think they'll go down into Florida, Ryan? Like you know, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I, we were talking about that at the house. Uh, yeah, I think Edwin mentioned the Kissimmee chain or something. The I Kissimmee mind chain could be a there. very good place to have it. You could. There's plenty of different places to go fish, and as far as Steve, Steve said, never. Okay, Steve. <laughs> The Australians Steve don't like Florida. Welcoming apparently. us to Florida. Never mind. No. We are kicked out. He's probably problem. worried that an alligator's going to eat him. Nah. Yeah, Steve, Steve runs. That's your cameraman. Leave Steve alone. Yeah. Yeah. An alligator could jump up on the boat and eat him. No. Yeah. He, he wrestles those saltwater crocodiles in Australia. He ain't worried about no alligator. They're yeah. salt. All right, we, like... we've done enough, Jeff. We've done enough. I apologize for running, running over. No, 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 no. It's been a been a great night. It's been fun, man. The, the, the Ewing, appreciate you, man. I, I know you had a little connection issue at first, but we got you in here, and it's been a fun combo. I think you've made a lot of fans tonight. A lot of people That's impressed. Got to get started somewhere. That's right. Yeah, if you want to ride to Texas, let me know. John Allen says he's buying you. Uh, he'll buy you some wings at a place called Tight Ends. Feel free to Google it if you've never heard of it before. They got one of those at Rayburn? I don't know about all that. No, we'll have to go to Dallas. You'll have to stick around and go to Possum Kingdom and drive me around for that one. I got you. Um, Yeah, yeah, we'll just have to find out the dates, and I'll see if I have anything else going on because I have a little bit of money to spend on going to some kayak tournaments. Stop right. No, I'm just kidding. Call it an investment. Good (laughs) stuff. Get them out of here. Well, hey, as always, thanks, everybody, for watching. It was a, a great interview tonight. Ewing, thank you. Ryan, stay safe in Memphis, man. That's not always the uh, I will. I've got my bulletproof vest on now. All right. Well, we'll be uh, back at you next Monday with another guest. Thanks, everybody. Everybody have a great night. We're going. Take care, folks. Welcome to the Kite Bass Nation.